You awake? Yeah. Just want you to know I hate you. So is my dad. Rock and Roll Bedtime Stories is a podcast that exists to discuss and maybe set straight some of that rumor, innuendo, and hidden details that surround your favorite bands and songs. My name is Brian. I'm Murdoch. And we are the Story Guys. You can find us online at wearethestoryguys.com. You can email us at wearethestoryguys at gmail.com. Uh, we have another podcast called Story Guys, where we it's a fake game show podcast where the stories are real, the points are fake. But this show exists for us to talk rock and roll because it's our favorite thing to do. Yes. And maybe at some point this would have been the original idea of everything we wanted to do, and we just got to this at some point because it's so much fun. <laughs> and people like to talk about music. And, and we've gotten, I mean, thank you for everyone who's written or, or called us or uh, left a message on social media about uh, really liking this show and, and being into it. Uh, we love producing it, and we thought that there was a little bit of a hole here um, with uh, in the podcasting universe of folks talking specifically about all those stories that like, when you get into rock and roll, you hear, but you don't actually know if they're factual at all. So we do some research, and then we explain those stories to each other. So there's been an episode where I talked about Michael Hutchins in, in excess and Bob Geldof and that whole thing. There's been an episode about Prince and Stevie Nicks and a song that uh, one of them ripped off the other. And Today it is now we we take turns being the storyteller, and so today it is Murdoch's turn to fill me in. I actually went to him and said, "Will you give me the real deal story on George Harrison versus Eric Clapton?" Because it's one of those things that I always know. I know that there's some sort of controversy there. I don't know the details, and so he's here to do the dirty work. That's right. Today, actually, we're going to be talking about even more. We're going to talk about. The love story involving Ringo Starr, his wife, Maureen, Moe, Cox, Patty Boyd, George Harrison, and Eric Clapton, all together. So that's a large cast of characters. So, so yeah. give me the rundown. So, I mean, let's, let's start with the obvious ones. Let's do it. So first, let's just start. We're going to go through everybody. So, But let's start with who Jagger called the four-headed monster. The Beatles, because they had four lead singers. So can you imagine being in the Stones and there's these four guys and they've did the whole thing where they've got them all dressed up nice in same matching outfits with the same haircuts? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you, I don't know if you ever noticed the Ramones. You ever notice something going on with the Ramones, the Beatles, same outfits? Exactly. So anyway, so what can there be said about the Beatles? They were They showed up here on the Ed Sullivan Show in 1964, a year after the JFK assassination. Like, they changed the mood of this country for young people, really. For sure. Specifically. So, the most famous people and artists in the world all of a sudden. Because, you know, uh, Elvis joined the army and then made awful movies for 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> and, right. and, and let's... And he did. I right. mean, so, you, yes. I mean, I don't think, regardless of your knowledge yeah. level of rock and roll, we have to do a whole lot of backstory on the Beatles. Yeah, we don't. We don't. But I do think that it is worth pointing out that when you think about rock and roll and rock and roll excess in any format, maybe like either right up there with drugs, if not above it, is, is women. Well, we're going to... All of this is just, I mean, it's all going together. So just hang on. Put on your seatbelt, Brian. So uh, of the four of the Beatles, Lennon was actually the first one to be married. He married Cynthia, which is how we got Julian Lennon. It's much too late for goodbyes in 1984. That's how we got, that's how we got that single. Right? <laughs> Thank God we got that single. But, you know, it, had, it kind of was under wraps, too. Yeah. And it was under wraps that any of the Beatles were dating girls because of 
the fact that women really liked the Beatles, and so they had to keep it a little quiet. Right. Which we'll start now, leading into that with Ringo and Mo. So, so I think it's funny that you're going to start with Ringo because when you think about the Beatles, yeah, I mean it's he, like he's the old. Right, by the way, Richard Starkey is the oldest Beatle, and he was, and he's one of the two living Beatles in right. 2019, 2020, right. and he replaced Pete Best. He wasn't the first drummer. So it's funny because my kids will ask me, "Oh, so Paul McCartney is the only Beatle that's still alive, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah, no, no, no." It's- yeah. Peace and love. Peace and love. Peace and love. But, I mean, I feel bad, but that's kind of how. I mean, I, I remember it's like right. you and I worked together uh, in the concert industry for a long time, and you would get those announcements from promoters. They'd call and say, Paul McCartney's coming, and he'd be playing a massive stadium. Right. right. Yeah. And then they would call you and say, Ringo Starr's All Star Band is playing. He's playing for a 4,000 seat. Yeah. Outdoor amphitheater, which will only and, be half full when he and, arrives. And also, well, I, listen, let, let me step back. <laughs> I lived, listen, I lived in a different market at one point. I lived in Denver, and he would play Red Rock. So he'd pay 10,000 people. But however, McCartney would get on stage with that band of his that yeah. he's been playing with now for maybe, I don't know, 20 years, and they're amazing. And so Ringo gets up there and has a band of the all star band, which literally is him and a bunch of other ringers. Yeah. It's a bunch of other guys. So it's not Ringo, like, up front, like, he's playing, and there's another body, somebody else on the drum kit. Well, I mean, he's had, like, Knopfler on that tour, Mark Farner, which was always, like, the I think the guy that, like, when you, you were finally out of options, you called Mark Farner, because it seems like he would always say yes, right? Well, I mean, he's, he's had a lot of guys. <laughs> but so let's, so let's, let's jump into Ringo. Okay. Okay. So, so Lennon is married, and it's on the DL, okay. right? So Ringo... Meets this girl whose name's Mary Cox, uh, but she does she her she goes by Maureen. She she dumps Mary, and then her nickname becomes Mo. Okay, so Mo was a hairstylist, and she started coming to the Cavern Club, like a lot of other ladies. She started coming when she was fifteen, right? So she there was a lot you know it's kind of hard to get in the Cavern Club, but she started going there, and she had met Ringo, but Ringo didn't really like notice her to to begin with and then a little later, at some point, they started like dating. How old is Ringo at this point um he was the older he was the older beetle so I, I don't know exactly how old he was, but he's definitely older than fifteen man <laughs> but hang on this is but it it, it ends up like all, three years down the road, like literally like it's you know. Okay. Exactly, okay. <laughs> above the above the legal age at this yes. point. Okay. Anyway, but um, they start dating, and it it gets out, and she has to quit her job because she gets threats at work because um, she's dating a beetle. Yeah, from like other women are threatening her, and she gets she gets physically attacked at the Cavern Club by oh another woman. Lord. Yeah, so, so so this is like early sixties before they've come to America. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Okay, okay. So. So Ringo is the oldest. So he he proposes to her in January of '65. So I'm jumping ahead a little bit. So this is after they come to America. This is after Hard Day's Night, and then she finds out almost immediately she's pregnant. Okay, well, yeah. Like as soon as like the same month that they get engaged. So Brian Epstein, who's their manager, let's let's have a quiet wedding. There's no press. Let's let's do this thing. And so he arranges for this quick wedding uh, that they have. Um, McCartney couldn't come. He was on vacation. Lennon comes. 
and George Harrison comes by bicycle. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny, but it just is. It's amazing. So so they so it so at this point they you know they they're starting even though they're getting taxed like tax taxed uh, as they are they buy in a huge estate where they have a television on there's a television every single room they put a go kart track in they live this near is, this is Ringo yeah this is Ringo okay they live near Brian Epstein per Brian Epstein's you know orders or whatever you should live near me and then they sell that estate. And they buy one from Peter Sellers, the Pink Panther. They then sell that estate almost immediately to Stephen Stills, and then they they buy us an estate that is near that Lennon owns, and then Lennon moves out of it eventually, and they move in, basically move into John's one of John's places. So crazy how the real like thinking this about this all over a period of how many years? Very very short amount of time, like not a very long amount of time, and so. Mo became friends with Cynthia Lennon and they, you know, they hung out and they did holidays and, and things like that. And they would go out night clubbing. But there was a, a, a lot of times where from, I didn't know a lot about Mo. Uh, and so I got to learn a little bit about things. So there were times where Ringo was out and Mo was not. And she would be at home when he would come home you know, at very early hours, like morning hours, and be there to make him breakfast. But she also, like, handled his fan mail. Like, that's what, what Mo was doing. Um, so he's, like, cutting her in on the business? Well, at one time, he was going to... This is funny that you asked that. She, he was going to start a nationwide hairstyling business with her, and then that got shelved somehow. Do, it, 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 what do you think Epstein was... Involved in like no, that's not an idea. You we can fit into the Beatles universe. I, like, I, I read that in several different places that he they were going to start a hair like a national hairstyling business. But I remember they they tried a couple other businesses that didn't work either. I mean, what are you going to do? Like at some point, let's just do something else. Um, so I mean, was Ringo always the least popular Beatle? Because I think history has made him the least popular. History Beatle. has, but I don't agree. No. Yeah, I, no, I, uh, we, we can already tell through your reserved manner, and I can tell through your body language that you very much disagree with my continual assertion that Ringo is the least popular. I'm, I'm, say, I'm saying at, at the time, there's no way he was, but I'm saying history is, has so, made him. So who was the least popular Beatle at the time? George? I, I don't know that there was. I, I can't really say. you just say think they were all equally yoked? It, I, I think I'm not the best person to answer that question as a person who was not alive before they broke up. I don't think that's like okay, and, and that's and, fair. And as a person who I, I would say who has studied them, even though I wasn't alive when they were actually still together, I never got that feeling of like, oh well, one of them was like it's like George was the quiet one, and John John was the more interesting like intellectual one, and Paul was kind of the real like attractive, happy one, and Ringo like seemed like the more like fun one. Like there was, there were, they, they all had their own like kind of, you know, it's like a little cartoony, right? Sure. So it, it depends on which one that you're, you're like, into, drawn but to. I also think that maybe the issue is not so much that history has relegated Ringo to the back. It's been that history has elevated Paul and John to the front. You know what I mean? As opposed to put like, it's not that Ringo is less important. It's that well, the the song, the, dude, the song, the songwriting, the songwriting right. is there's there's no doubt about well, it. Well, Octopus's I, Garden, come on, man. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So, Nick, Nick, can you can you make a list of the Ringo songs? Like, I think that's kind of an important. Like, and I I know I'm putting you on the spot. This is probably not in your notes, yeah. but Octopus's Garden is the one that comes to mind. It's the one. Yeah, I want to be your lover. He sang that too. Uh, he sang the Carl Perkins ones too. Uh, he didn't sing all the Carl Perkins. But what did he write? Matt, did he write any of those? Um, no, like he didn't write like. He, he sang Matchbox. He sang that. That was the Carl Perkins one. And then and then George sang that everyone everyone's trying to be my baby. The Carl Perkins song too. Um, oh, a uh, good night. He he had a song credit for for that. That was on the that, that closed the wide album. Yeah, that was his too. Um, yeah. So he didn't have that many. When we get into George, you find out how George the Quiet One became really angry because George was a great songwriter and actually had quite a few songs he was sitting on but he didn't feel like he could really right he didn't he didn't have the opportunity to do it because he was in a band with Lennon McCartney but like Ringo it's, it sucks uh, it sucks when you're the third best songwriter in the Beatles in the Beatles right yeah, like yeah. You, the Clear. first best songwriter in almost every other band in the 60s would have been George Harrison right and yeah. he and he's not and Ringo clearly by this argument, if you'd like to do this, is the fourth best songwriter, right? And 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 but drummers will tell you, and I mean, and you know, drummers that like, yeah, he's a pretty capable drummer. Ringo has like he had a style, yeah, and the style like he's not an amazing drummer, but like his style influenced so many people, right? Qu- quick aside, if you have never seen the movie That Thing You Do, which is in my top three favorite movies of all time, right. probably the Tom Hanks movie that is basically a tribute to '60s rock bands. Yeah. And it plays with this idea of all of the tropes and kind of what you just what you just described as the who's the quiet one, who's the popular one, and who's right. the moody one, and all that, right? Um, He's got a girlfriend. But one of the jokes in that is that the bass player is never referred to by name. And so when you check the credits, he's actually, and he's played by uh, Ethan Embry, who went on to be a decent level star, uh, yeah. and, and he was in Empire Records and some other things. Um, but, and he actually might have been in Empire Records before this. Uh, somebody's going to send us an email about that. Um, but anyway, he is credited as TB Player in the, in the credits. Really? Yeah. He doesn't, his character doesn't have a name. Oh, that's he's sad. A TB Player is played by, by Ethan Embry. Well, I mean... Ringo like got to act like there's one thing that those other guys didn't get to do. And it wasn't like, you know, he wasn't like Marlon Brando, but <laughs> he got some extra work anyway. So back to Mo. Let's, yeah. let's oh, get yeah, back, yeah. Let's, let's get back to her. So, so things I didn't know about Mo at all. And this, these things are, I didn't know at all. And I, by researching this. So on the bungalow bill song, the continuing story of bungalow bill, yeah. which they released a, an early, uh, cut of that a take of that on the wide album reissue last year and you get to hear what an early take of that sounds like with john and 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 yoko singing it and it's the worst (laughs) just saying it but anyway mo sang backup on that song on the actual final cut like she's on the final cut with it with yoko like she sings on it and then on the rooftop concert of like the very final when they're like on top of the like the emi building they're they're Mm -hmm. up there and they're they're playing. She's on the roof with Yoko, so she's up there. And at the very end, I, I I would hear this, and I never put it together because I didn't know her. I knew that Ringo was married to Maureen. I just didn't know her nickname. And at the very end, after they finished playing "Get Back," McCartney goes, "Thanks, Mo." <laughs> I just never knew that that was that. <laughs> right. So um, I I just never knew that. So so here's. 
here's some other things I didn't know that are really like I was just learning about this too. So, so of this whole story, obviously, like Ringo, like as history has not been as kind as Ringo as everybody else, but also of this story, Mo, like Maureen, is not the most famous of all these people. However, here's some interesting facts. So, a huge collectible. Apple record because you remember you've ever seen you know, the yeah, Apple yeah, label uh-huh. yeah. is Apple record number one. What is that record, Brian? I just want you to get one guess. You only get one guess. Fun. Um, I actually think I read or heard something about this recently. Yeah, because the app, the whole Apple record thing, and the way the Beatles were able to chart so prolifically in the late 60s had to do with the fact that not all their stuff was on app like Apple didn't come until later and so they were on all these boutique record labels in the United yeah. States um, and they had double A side records too I, I, I don't know what was it the the number one Apple number one was Frank Sinatra doing a special version of The Lady is a Tramp that Ringo got Sinatra to record for Mo for her birthday <laughs> and change the lyrics to where it says she married Ringo that's why the lady is a champ oh my lord okay yeah. so so they just and listen so they released it in Los Angeles <laughs> and it was in the UK it was it was Apple record number 1 get back actually came out on the Apple label but it wasn't numbered it was literally the first one it was like on the parlophone label on yeah, the yeah, apple yeah. label but that was number 1 they released it very limited and then they destroyed the masters <laughs> on purpose so, so I, I don't even it's so i've never i didn't even try get, to hear it get those but, masters out of here <laughs> but they're they're bootleg copies of it and it's very expensive apparently so, to get that yeah well, this is what i want to say about yeah. ringo in defense of ringo and i i would love to hear a defense of ringo because I know there's someone listening right now who's yelling and is like, Ringo is the greatest, and has like a whole theory. Please send it to wearethestoryguys at gmail.com, and we will give it adequate time on this show. But what I want to say in defense of Ringo is I think he might have lived his best life. Like, forget these other guys. Like, he literally was like, I'm the fourth greatest guy in this band, but I can call Frank Sinatra and have him make a song for my lady. Like, he just like, okay. Yeah. So, so here's another st- – this is an amazing – putting together dots of odd stuff with Ringo and, and Mo. So they had, a, they had a child that a lot of people might know is Ringo's most famous child. His son is Zach, Zach Starkey. Right, yeah. So um, the mo- one of the most famous Beatles songs is Yesterday. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, um, let's, hear, let's hear a little Yesterday. We haven't like, played any Beatles yet. Hold on. Yeah, and... and uh, Covered by, it's like one of the most covered records, like ever, ever in the history of of all songs. So, like, you know, cue that up so we can hear that. Yesterday, all my troubles, all my troubles seem so far away. So, so on now the day that that record was released, that single was released, Zach Starkey, Ringo, and Mo's son was born. Oh, and, wow. and on that day, they bring you know he was talking to the press, and he said that he absolutely didn't want his son Zach to be a drummer. <laughs> Zach became the drummer of Oasis and the Who. Uh, right? That that happened. He, he currently he still plays with the Who, doesn't he? He plays with the Who. Yeah. So, and one other fun fact, and then we'll get back into the crazy story of of this love story that it doesn't end. It's it's out of control. 
Cynthia Lennon was at Moe's house the day that Ringo called Moe to tell Moe that John Lennon had been shot. Oh, wow. So they remained friends. They all remained friends. And wow. you, I mean, as we get through this whole story, you'll find out how pretty much everybody kind of remained friends, even though they were swinging 60s into the swing in 70s, literally. <laughs> Just wait. <laughs> so, All right. So we've got, if we're shelving, we've got Mo taken care of. Mo and Ringo, they're yeah. a pair. Yeah. And so, so their marriage starts to fall apart because of a couple things. So we're going to follow a pattern here, which is something called infidelity. <laughs> And alcohol. It's a family-friendly show. If you need to look those up, look those up and come yeah. pause, pause. Look up the word infidelity. Yeah, we, there, there's. We're, we'll get into drugs in a little bit, but really, Ringo was drink was with him. Okay, and he. Uh, so eventually, like their their marriage fell apart quite quite terribly, and Ringo gave up full custody of his kids to Mo. Oh wow! And gave her like. Um, like 120,000 plus pounds a year plus X amount of pounds for each kid. And, um, and, and then she was really depressed and had a very public suicide attempt. Oh, wow. uh, like drove, tried to drive like a motorcycle into a brick wall, like something like just awful. And she went, she sued her attorneys uh, wanting more money saying that, you know, they didn't adequately figure out how much money Ringo had. And uh, that didn't work out for her either, and it was it was ruled against her, and she had to, she had to pay like court cost and legal cost and everything because you know Ringo had just kept giving her more money than initially was happening because he was a beetle. Um, so, but as far as infidelity, we'll get into one of those. Uh, just continue that in a minute, but let's let's jump into Patty Boyd. Yeah. Okay? So. There's a name I know, but yes. I couldn't tell you anything about her other than the famous men she's related to, which is not very woke. So, so give me the rundown. So Patty clearly more famous than Mo, and she would be more famous than everyone on here. But we're going to be talking about Eric Clapton and George Harrison in a minute. <laughs> so there's some similarities with Mo. So she was a shampoo girl in Elizabeth Arden Salon. So wait, okay, in London. Well, pause for a second. Yeah. What is up? With rock stars and hairstylists, like this is a trope. This it's this this sixties man. But I, I I guess I just don't get it. Is it the intimacy of someone washing your hair? Like, I, well, well, there's well, well listen, what happened? So I don't know. Like, so Ringo met Mo because she came to shows. Yeah, yeah. And the yeah. reason that George ended up meeting. Patty is very different. So she was working in a salon and a guy from the fashion industry came in one day and discovered her. And that's how Patty became a model. So she was working on both sides of the pond. She became a huge, like huge model in, in London, Paris, New York, going back and forth. She was, um, in both like the UK and the Italian editions of Vogue. She was doing TV commercials in the UK and eventually her, agent got her into the Beatles universe by getting her a very small part in Hard Day's Night. She had uh, one word, not even one line. Her line was prisoners. That's what it was. <laughs> so Harrison, of course, sees what would be a supermodel, 1964, and is incredibly attracted to her. 
and there's an obstacle and the obstacle is what we refer to as boyfriend. So Harrison apparently went over not to just say, Hey, you know, what's up? He, he asked her to, to marry him. Like before they, like they had met on set and then he asked, he like proposed to her and she said, I'm, I have, you know, I'm, I'm dating someone and she was dating a photographer. His name was Eric Sweeney. And so she said no. And then according to Patty, she said that, uh, you know, well, if you, George said, if you won't marry me, well, will you have dinner with me tonight? And one of her friends. So this this is a pickup line. So one of her friends. He's probably tried this on a lot of chicks. (laughs) According to Patty and McCartney that. George was notoriously a red-blooded man. And also, his current widow, Olivia, said the same thing as well. So, take that for what it's worth. Take it for what it's worth. So, so can we... I'm sorry to interrupt you again, but can we pause here and talk for a second about what fame does to your brain? Because I do think it's interesting in all of these situations. I always find it very interesting when someone is with a significant other or gets married quickly. Like, so Ringo gets married back to Ringo and Mo. Yeah. He's on his way to being a famous rock star enough, enough to where he knows he has some sway with the ladies and she has a particular way with him. But all of that marriage stuff happens before they really, I mean, I I guess 65, they were, that's Sergeant Peppers. So that was, if they got married in 65, Sergeant Peppers, 67. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like Ringo, Ringo, very like, not like I read all about this like forever. Ringo very openly had a lot of regrets about his marriage with Mo because he he did say that he was a very bad alcoholic and a very abusive husband and a completely absent father. So he got married into the situation, and then that's what happened. That's what happened with fame and booze and everything else and women. I mean, I mean, it's it's such a trope now. To be like, well, you know, fame destroyed me. But like, if you really think about the level of not so, the one side of it's the level of pressure, right? But the other side of it is the psychology where there are people giving you what you want all the time, right? Right. I mean, even when you look at like something more modern and something we're trying to like self-correct on in 2017 to 18, 19, you know, the whole me too movement thing, right? Like people are like, how could men think like that? And it's like at a certain point, like I think your brain gets warped from the idea that there are people that you employ whose job it is to say yes to you, to get you what you want. But, but I do think, I do think at that time in the sixties, I do think there was very different in terms of how the music industry worked and how the management works and everything. And I do think that the Beatles were very insulated and they couldn't really go out. They couldn't do things. When they were on tour, they were stuck in hotel rooms and they had to sneak, you know, I think McCartney called them birds, right? They had to sneak birds up to see them or whatever. Like Thanks, all, Paul. all that was all in the Hashtag DL. Woke. They had to do all that on the download. All that was very sneaky because you didn't hear about, you didn't hear about those things. As much like it was, or it was, the, or the press just kept those things out of the press. Like you didn't hear about that. Like now, like we're kind of looking back, like Monday morning quarterback, like talking about George Harrison being like an incredibly terrible husband to every woman. 
or to every woman he ever was with, right? <laughs> okay, but, so so he falls in love. He falls with, in love with Patty Boyd. Yeah. He makes a preposterous uh, offer of marriage, yeah, which turns into a pickup line to have dinner with him and go forth. And her and one of her friends was like, "Are you kidding?" Yeah, so, my so whole she, my whole point in starting this tangent was to say that the the balls on that guy, right? Like to be like, yeah, to, to be like, marry me. Oh, at least have dinner with me. Like you know, just just the bulletproof mentality that that takes. But yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, a complete narcissist uh, jerk show would say if you go into a, a, a room and there's a hundred women, like you, you totally go for it with all a hundred of them, and one person's going to say yes or whatever. Like that's that's that whole whatever thing versus yep. like having a conversation or, or whatever. So, so yeah, so yeah, she dumps the photographer, right? Of course. <laughs> so so they Boiler. start so they start dating, and then she becomes more famous because she's now associated with this incredibly famous guy, like incredibly famous guy. So her modeling career takes off. So they become like the super like, you know, swinging 60s couple. They start going out and doing stuff, and they and together as a couple, they become really famous. They get engaged on Christmas Day in 1965. So it's about like a year or so after Hard Day's Night. And then they get um, married the next month in January of 66. Is there a pregnancy looming here? No. McCartney is, um, no, not at all, actually. McCartney is best man. and So he shows up for that one. He, yeah, he comes to that did, one. Did George ride a bike to his own wedding? That's what I want to know. No, but... Patty inspired him to write a lot of songs. So, so this is really where we're headed, right? Like, because yeah, this, we, we are talking about rock and roll, we're not just talking about the lifestyle. Yeah. Part of the lifestyle, though, is this idea of living hard and fast and then telling the tales, right? Telling the stories. Well, well, there's that, but also you have to realize that just with Patty Boyd, with this one woman, she launched so many songs. A thousand ships. <laughs> Well, a, a lot of songs and a song and a couple of songs written by a Rolling Stone. So, which, so hit me can, hit me up with these songs. Uh, if I needed someone, okay, uh, that's off of Rubber Soul. Oh yeah 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 yeah. So uh, so trajectory of albums, right? So what album are they on when they really get together? Rubber Soul or before that? So, no, it'd be before R- that. Rubber Soul is sixty six. Okay, 65, so. six. No, it's 65 and Revolver, it's 66. But that's when they're released. So, like, when they're recorded is a little... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, when he writes, you back yeah. up even more than that. But, I mean, their output at this period of their history it's is fast. very They're doing quick. a lot, yeah. There, there's a I Need You, which oh, yeah, is okay. another Harrison song. Like, it's it's more of a, an earlier one. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's on Help. Yeah, and that's... And that's um, that's one that's not as like a, a bigger Harrison song, but that was written about Patty. Wow. Okay. And uh, what's the most famous song he wrote about her? The most famous song. <laughs> There's a joke to it too. The most famous song that he wrote about Patty is the one that Sinatra always sometimes had referred to as his favorite in concert. He would say, "It's my favorite Lennon and McCartney song." Something. <laughs> so something is the one that is the most famous one that that Harrison wrote about her. Okay, hold on. We got to give that one some time because that that is one of the greatest of all time. Um, what about? Wasn't there not, was so this follows through the trajectory of several Beatles albums, right? Like all yeah. the way up through Let It Be. Yeah. Once we get something is Abbey Road, but I mean, there's for for you, Blue, Love You Too. Like he he wrote. He wrote five songs about Patty Boyd, but something is the most 
the most famous one for sure. Man, that guitar solo. The opening riff. Yeah. Elvis used to sing this. By the way, Elvis referred to this as the George Harrison song. <laughs> he got it right. Yeah. Harrison... Apparent Harrison, uh, you know, they, there's a big story about how they all met Elvis in the oh, '60s, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and he like had a Hofner bass. He was you know, Hofner bass. He had some other kind of bass. He was playing. He was playing a bass in his hotel room, but um, Harrison met Elvis in the '70s at one point uh, after a show. And in the anthology and like one of the, it's kind of an outtake when, the, when they did the anthology in the 90s. It's the three of them sitting around without John. And George talks about how he, he did go see him in the 70s after a show and how he told him that he, you know, he missed, missed the 50s Elvis. And he didn't, you know, that, and he, ta- he tells, he tells Paul and, and Ringo that like, you know, he, you know, he didn't like the seventies Elvis. That whole the thing with the jumpsuits. See, and the, fame, fame warps your brain, and you think you can yeah. do whatever you want. Right. You can tell the king. Yeah. That he so, sucks. Okay. <laughs> so now, so now let's. Okay. So you've set up Patty Boyd. You've set up Mo and Ringo. Yeah. And, and let's let's talk. We haven't talked about drugs, so let's do that real quick. <laughs> so it it is the Patty, sixth character on our list. It, it is Patty who is with George, and John and Cynthia who were having a dinner party. They were at a dinner party at their dentist house. His name's John Riley. <laughs> you can call him Dr. John, if you look that up. Who secretly dosed their coffee with LSD and didn't tell them. Oh. Then he tells them. Um, <laughs> so had they experienced and, and, LSD before? Or is this the no, gateway? This, this, is, this is how they... This is how John... Their dentist... Okay. Their dentist dosed them with life the surgery. podcast. Yeah. The way... The Beatles, or several of them, first experience hallucinogenic drugs. Right, it's the dentist. Is Dr. Their John. dentist doses their coffee at a friendly get-together. Yeah. Why did I not know this? Well, I mean, I, you're, it's because you haven't asked me, dude. Like, <laughs> Listen. I didn't have to look this up. I'm a little concerned. I went to the movies last night with my dentist. What, what, what was in that popcorn? The guy didn't have any <laughs> acid. So, at the, at the dinner party, apparently, Patty... The, the drug starts to come on, and he's told them now that he's he's drugged what, them. What a nightmare. And Patty, Patty starts to get upset and wants to leave. Like, she gets, like, visibly, like, wants to, like... like it, <laughs> I'm sorry I'm laughing at this. So, I almost feel bad laughing at this, but this is so, the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. So this, this is... This is sto- because I've heard this part of this story a lot. So they then go to a party. Okay. Um, like a, it, it's like a warehouse party. Because you, you don't go home at that point. Well, I guess like you no, know. no, you don't go home. So you, uh, they they went to the party and it had a lift, you know, like the it would be like the 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 not the regular elevator, but the big freight elevator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they got to the like the elevator opened, the freight elevator opened, and they thought that like as they were going up, they thought everything was on fire. <laughs> so. <laughs> That happened. They but, just thought they were having beignets at the so, dentist's house. It's just no. gotten totally out of hand. So Patty ended up being friends with Cynthia and Mo. So I mean, it's the wives, right? Right, right. And yeah. so the the person here who's not married is is Paul, who's who's dating Jane, Jane Asher, right? But they all did holidays together. They did Christmas together. Uh, they all went to India. So um, the, the the famous India trip. Yeah, they they did the Maharishi trip. They did that. 
it ended up being that Mo and Ringo were the two that left early because Ringo hated the food. He he actually brought tin like food in little tin cans and stuff, <laughs> and they missed their kids and they left early. But it was Patty and George that loved being in India. They loved transcendental meditation. Right. They they went and spent six weeks with Ravi Shankar so that George right. could learn how to play the sitar and she learned how to play uh, another instrument while she was like she was playing. Uh, an instrument and so things were going kind of wacky for the Beatles and she started thinking that they should be doing something really important with their art like it was you know all this was starting to happen and then um, the the things with the Beatles started didn't working out so uh, it, everything started to kind of fall apart so and for George and for George specifically what was happening was he had a lot of a lot of resentment about how the other, the other two Beatles really were in control of really everything, and there's the famous video in when they decided they were gonna let's videotape the Let It Be sessions, and you hear Paul, uh, Paul and George are talking, and Paul's trying to explain to George how to play something, and George says it's my favorite thing of about how they were breaking up like it's the best example where he's like well just tell me what to play or how to play or i won't play at all whatever pleases you and he realizes everything stinks <laughs> and that he he for a little while he leaves like there's this time where like george is like going to quit and there's someone else that john lennon wants to have george replaced by and we're going to talk about that person who some people used to call God. That's coming up in a moment. We have to get finished with this marriage that's going to break up first. And you know how that's going to happen. And that's the Patty Boy George Harrison marriage? Yes. So, And that involves the man that we are going to refer to as God for this moment until we get to his real name, which we'll maybe call him Eric. So, <laughs> so after the, it's on the title of the podcast. After the breakup, <laughs> so, so George and Patty's marriage changes. Now, there's a lot of similarities what happened to Ringo and Moe's marriage. I mean, they, 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 those poor women are married to Beatles. They're married to Beatles, so a lot I of mean, times there has not been a comparison. Like, no. Before or after, there, there has not been a level of fame like par that. Parts of their existence are being Beatles' wives. Right. So they're sometimes at places being the Beatles' wives, hanging out, talking about being Beatles' wives while the Beatles are doing Beatles stuff. Right. <laughs> it's really until Yoko gets there, and then things really like she's like she sits on one of their amps, man. Like stuff changes. She move, they move the bed into the studio, all that. So the, ba the the band breaks up, and then Harrison gets into Hari Krishna. Like he gets into that, and sort of that kind of changes a, a lot in the dynamic of their relationship. And sh they were unable to have kids, and Harrison didn't want to adopt, and. That really hurt Patty. Well, that's a marriage killer without the fame and the drugs. So then she went back to modeling, and George didn't want her to do it, basically because like his what he was doing with his spirituality and his religion was telling him that what she was doing was wrong. She shouldn't be modeling. But even despite he's gotten to this like heavy, different like religious and spirituality, he starts, you know, having sex with other people other than his wife. Um, Interesting that she's not allowed to model, but he's allowed to take his pants off with as many people as he would like. Yes. That's a convenient religion. Yeah. There was, I do, re so, and at one point, so it's been going on for a while, 
And at one point, Patty starts to shack up. She shacks up with Ronnie Wood from the Rolling Stones. <laughs> 73. That happens. So I didn't... I, I sort of heard about it, and so I read a little bit more about it. And so I read that there was... In this, I read it in multiple places. So well, she's, We know she's got a type. <laughs> <laughs> there, was, there was one night where... They were all partying, and at this point, the the drugs and the alcohol are, are heavy. And Ronnie basically explains to him at a party, to, explains to George that he is going to go sleep with Patty. And so, they're still together, or no? And George then explains to Ron that he's going to go sleep with Chrissy, Ron's wife. And George took Chrissy like on a weekend to go meet Salvador Dali. Like, (laughs) the most weirdest... And and so it was being a Beatle. And then George started having an affair with Mo, with Ringo's wife. Wait, 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 wait. What? So hang on. So Patty had known that they were having an affair, so she'd stepped out. She started, you know, like at this point, their marriage was over and they were sleeping with other people. They're still legally married? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She had suspected that this had possibly been happening. And then one night, they're all hanging out at the dinner table, and George tells Mo that he loves her in front of Patty and Ringo at the dinner table. Ringo that's awkward. Doesn't take it seriously and jokes that they should just swap wives. And then Patty finds Mo and George in bed together and tells Ringo. Happens. Wow. Yeah. So the corn chowder doesn't settle well after that. Len- <laughs> Lennon, who is not a major character in this story, the by the way. sandwiches. I know, we're, we're having a really long conversation about all the Beatles except for Lennon and McCartney, which yeah. I really love. And and we're and Paul is not involved in this at, at all, really. Um, Lennon, this is the last time we're going to talk about him. Got, he, by the way, Lennon was an awful husband, an abusive husband, and an absent parent, just like Ringo. And he got really mad at George and called what he was doing with Mo, quote, virtual incest because he was sleeping with the other Beatles wife. I have not seen that John Lennon quote on a t-shirt yet. Yes. <laughs> right. I know someone who might be able to make that for us. So now what we mostly know Patty about really is we know that there's this love triangle triangle with George Harrison and Eric Clapton. And we haven't even got to Eric Clapton yet. We've talked about this insane other sordid love tale. So let's go back to the band. Yeah. Just on a musical level, yes. they're getting irritated at George Harrison, and John Lennon has an idea. Here's who we're going to replace John Lennon, or George Harrison. Yeah. So let me tell you first how they all met. This is what's cr- I didn't know this at all. Clapton met the Beatles in 1964. Do you know why? The Yardbirds were opening up for the Beatles. Really? Yeah. I was going to say like at a yard sale or a swap meet. No. 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 That that That's how they met. They were a supporting act. And then they all kind of became friends with with Eric. 
they liked it. So I mean, we all we've all we it, were in bands in high school and college, right? Yeah. And there's always that thing where it's like, oh yeah, if this guitar player doesn't work out, I've got this buddy who would be great, blah blah blah, whatever, right. right? And there's I mean, like even my friends who have bands, it's like I have friends who almost join that band you know like you have now take those scenarios that seem so mundane and silly yeah. and just change all the names to george harrison right <laughs> eric clapton like it's just so bizarre right 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 so that's how they met they became friends but george eventually becomes very close with eric they're, they're actually kind of close before patty anyway they're, so they're buddies. buddies always buddies yeah Clapton, by the way, I don't know if you ever read his book. I have oh, not. Oh my god! So I'm just I'm just going to take out the beginning part of his life because you know the stuff some stuff that's happened at the end of his life that's tragic. So he was raised by his grandparents and didn't know they weren't his parents. What? Right. He never met his father, and until the age of nine. He thought his mother was his older sister. Whoa. That, that's, so if you want to understand what trauma is like, trauma is different for other people. And there's Eric Clapton's trauma. Yeah. Where is his family? Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, he got shafted, like, all over the place, however that happened. Right? So, uh, but yeah, if you, you want to get to the story so yeah so at some point george walks out angry uh and lennon it, this well we got one more john jumping into the story supporting actor here <laughs> said that they should call clapton because quote he's just as good and he's not such a headache right okay so but george Though i think history meets out that he is a headache yeah <laughs> Right. So, so <laughs> not John is his wisest. Yeah. So, so George, but before we kind of get into like get back to Patty and, and George and, and Clapton, there, there's, there's other stuff. So let's just start George and Clapton. There's a couple interesting things here. So, While My Guitar Gently Weeps is a, a huge, it, it's a huge piece of rock and roll history. In all different forms of that song, the original demo just by itself is beautiful, and then they try to put it together, and literally, George called Eric and said, I can't make my guitar weep. Would you come in and, and play on this track? And Eric said, well, I can't, I, you know, I can't play on this track. I'm not a Beatle. Like, there's, I'm not a, you know, I'm not doing that. But he convinces him to do it, and you know the proofs in there, so it's it's there. And when they did the White Album reissue last year, you get to hear like track. It's take twenty seven, and you get to hear Clapton clearly just going for it. And what I didn't know is that every time that Clapton was in rehearsing or trying to cut that take, Lennon was never there, so he never played with the Beatles. He played with three of them. Wow. Yeah. Right. So, and there is another song on the White Album. That George Harrison wrote about Eric Clapton. And you'll never guess what it is. Rocky Raccoon. No. <laughs> it's the weirdest one. <laughs> Sexy Sadie. No. That's about the Maharishi. They had to change the words. Okay. That's true. <laughs> um, wow. Sa Savoy Truffle. Remember what that song's about? Oh, yeah. You know what that song's about? I think I knew that weirdly. Do you know what that song's about, though? Wait, the lyrics? It's, it's about candy. It is. 
So how's it about Clapton? Because he loved candy. And it, there's, a, there's, a, there's a line at the end of the song that says, you'll have to have them all pulled out because that's what happened to Eric. Like he had real bad dental problems. <laughs> and so the whole song is about like all the like, you know, clean tangerine. It's like all this candy. Like he wrote a song about his friend liking candy. <laughs> Eric Clapton. And little and like and that's not what him and Clapton are known for together. It's because there's this other woman that's in between them. So if we go back to Harrison and Patty, they're getting to transcendental meditation. They're they're in India and they're coming back. And 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 George now is completely dis, disillusioned with the Beatles because he doesn't feel like he has like a say. He starts to get really angry, and he stops not coming home. He like he, I mean he doesn't come home, so Patty was actually already friends with Eric too, and then Eric starts to come over to hang out with Patty, and completely not only falls in love with her but becomes obsessed with Patty, is madly crazy in love, and so she kind of knew that it was happening that he liked her. Because he would pay compliments to her and everything, but it was just still, like he was still a, a a friend thing, and she was still very much in love with George, right? So one day, Patty gets a letter in the mail, and it's a love letter, and it's someone basically saying how much they're in love with him, and it's signed, just simply, E, just has the letter E, that's it, so. She really just thought it was a secret admirer until she was at a party at Eric Clapton's manager's house and he walked up to her and said, did you get my letter? Oh, man. And just asked her. Wait, okay, what's up with these famous rock stars acting like junior high kids? Like, so, why can't they just... I mean, at least, hey, Ringo made some bad decisions, but, you know, at least he just, like, went for it. Well, listen... Hang on. <laughs> Hang on to your hats, cowgirl. Listen. So, one night, Eric asked Patty to come over to this flat that he has to hear a song he's working on. Okay. Oh, public service announcement. If you're a young female and a man says, come to, come to my house and hear this song I'm working on, don't go. So, don't go. He has it like on a tape machine. And I didn't know this at all. So, the song, that, you know where I'm going was inspired by a book that Clapton was reading, and it was called The Story of Layla and the Mansion. The, it's a 12th century tale of an Arabian princess whose father marries her off, leaving her true love in despair, and she turns okay, first to of all, madness. So I said junior high. Really, he's acting like a college sophomore who's, <laughs> who's taken two world literature classes and thinks he knows everything. What an idiot. Patty Boyd. This is her direct quote. This is from her autobiography. He switched on the tape machine, turned up the volume, and played me the most powerful, moving song I had ever heard. Side note to say... The best part of Layla is the part that most people forget, which is the back half of Layla. Yeah, where they had to just they had to they had to punch in. 
I heard that, that they had to punch in to get yeah. the get to get. To, they're still using tape, like they weren't using computers or whatever. Yeah, it just it's like a totally different song. Yeah, and it's the greatest. And unfortunately for me, when I hear the end of that song, I think about the guy whose like head's been impaled at the end of Goodfellas. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so let's let's stick there. So he's now played this song for this girl sure. that he's in love sure. with it's eric clapton and he's playing a song for his best friend's wife so later that night they're at Did you ever tried this maneuver by the way no i did but, once <laughs> totally tried this maneuver did you play layla for a girl? I, did, I did not play layla i played a song i wrote yeah in a public setting when i knew that they were on the outs this was, i was like a sophomore in high school how'd it go uh it it she married that guy and was with him for like 15 years and they got a divorce three years ago. Oh, yeah. So I don't think anyone won. <laughs> yeah, every, everyone lost. I lo- think everyone lost in I that think, scenario. Yeah, I think you won. Uh, yeah, I so, definitely won. Okay, so later the same night as he's played this song for her that she knows is about her, right? hmm They're at a party that George is at. And he can't find her. So he was running around looking for her, and, and, and no one seemed to know. So he's walk. It's this manager. His name's Robert Stigwood. It's his house. And so they're out in the garden, and George finds Patty, and she's with Eric, his friend. And he, So has he known this is coming? So she knew this no. was coming. But he has no George idea. George doesn't know this is coming. He I'm has about no to idea. explain what's about to happen. Uh-oh. So he says, what's going on? And so this is George explaining this. And he said, to his horror, Eric said, I have to tell you, man, I'm in love with your wife. So Patty, this is her talking, said that she wanted to die like George was furious and turned directly to her his wife, and said, well, are you going home with him or are you going home with me? And she went home with George. And Eric didn't get to go home with her for another three years. And he fell apart. And he got hammered. And everything from like Derek and the Dominoes from that period there for about like three years, like he was out of control. Patty Boy told this story I've never heard, and this is amazing. And if this is fake, who cares? <laughs> let's just hope let's, that it's let's not. Just go ahead and make it canon anyway. She's at home with George. Clapton shows up at their house drunk. Again, behaving like a college sophomore. All things and, I did, college sophomore. And drunk and ask him he wants to have a duel. <laughs> but but no, please, not please tell me that's true. But but not with swords. George hands him a guitar and an amp. Like this is like tenacious D. This is a quote from Patty Boy. <laughs> As an 18th century gentleman might have handed a rival his sword and for 2 hours. No. They duel. <laughs> no, this cannot be true. So Patty, Quote, or, Patty, at the end, nothing was said, but the general feeling was that Eric had won. He hadn't allowed himself to get riled up or go in for instrumental gymnastics like <laughs> George had. But even when he was drunk, his guitar playing 
was unbelievable. This is the greatest thing I've ever heard. So this good. is the greatest thing I've ever heard. So, so, so she is on record. You have this from a source. Patty, yeah, it's, it's from it's from her Patty book. Boyd has said in yeah. her book yeah, that they had a guitar duel for yeah. her. Yeah. So, so is this is that is this that three years later point? Now we're at three years later. So Clapton goes into <laughs> rehab in '74, almost at the same time that their marriage is is done, and. At this point, they get a divorce, and and Harrison, just like Ringo, I mean these these things are just so similar. At some point, gets some time and says, "I, you know, I, I was not a great husband," <laughs> and it's working the steps, right? And and then later he said, "I'd rather she be with him than with some dope." He was totally fine that she left him for him. So we've talked, about, we've talked about Layla, but there are other songs that came out of this relationship. So One in particular we need to get to. One that was the theme of my senior Valentine's Day dance because we didn't have proms <laughs> at Marshall County High School. And the theme of my senior Valentine's Day dance was wonderful tonight. And that song was written by Eric Clapton for Patty Boyd. At what point? In that three-year period? Um, that was after their di- after the divorce, so yeah. No, it's okay, after so the it was, three years. After they got, they were yeah. closer to getting together. This really is and a mean, great song. It's a it's a terrific song. And if you listen, like it, it might be like it. I guess it's like something if you think about it. I mean, it it, it is kind of. It's yeah. very similar. Yeah, but this song is gorgeous. I mean, it's, even, it's even got that lilting guitar line at yeah. the beginning. I mean, th- there are a lot of similarities between the two that I hadn't thought about. Yeah. The lyric is really simple. And now that you know that that song's about Patty Boy, that song means so much different than you than it did uh, like five minutes ago. Right? Well, yeah. And I remember encountering this. I mean, I've always known the song, but encountering it just on radio playlists, right? Like yeah. early in my career playing hits and stuff and just being like, oh, this is such a sweet yeah, beautiful song, and then you hear like this whole story behind it. Yeah. So, so are we are we near the end? Because I have some questions. Yeah, we're near the end, but we're not there, unfortunately. <laughs> so why are you saying unfortunately? Though so, I don't know how it could possibly get better than a guitar duel for the soul of Patty Boyd. Well, <laughs> notice I'm up the stakes. He won her soul. Yeah. Well, it, it it wraps up, but it doesn't wrap up great. It's like. How a lot of rock and roll stories. Well, like, let's just say most therapists would tell you that when a when a relationship starts, the way a relationship starts is often the way it will end, right? I am not a therapist, but I play one on TV. So Clapton got the girl, and then he cheated on her. Of course he did. So once a cheetah, always a cheetah. The I don't know what that here's the, Sorry. Here's the worst part, and this is not fun. They were trying to have children. And she was trying in vitro and uh, several other things because she wanted to have children with George. That didn't happen. And then at some point, like, she decided that her and Eric, that she wanted to have children with Eric. Um, and nothing worked. And um, so at some point, she kind of found out he was cheating. And then he told her that someone that he was cheating with uh, was pregnant. Oh, good Lord. So... He he told her that, and it's some like she tried. They tried to work that out, 
but what happened to Eric is that he 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 wasn't sober and he started drinking again. And it wasn't drugs, it was just alcohol. And the booze again started to make it made the marriage really go bad, you know. And that child, the first child that that you know, the story, it was his son Connor eventually that was born. But it was only after they had it they got divorced. Patty's actually remarried now to a non-musician, by the way. Good for her. And it was only after they got divorced, it was in 88, that Clapton found out that the next day the press was going to run a story that he had another kid out of wedlock while he was married to Patty. So he went to tell her the night before. And she was like, so how many kids are there? And he's like, well, it's just the two. (laughs) It's just the two. So it was, of course, Connor... His son, the first one that she found out about, was the one that fell off the balcony in 1991. That's heartbreaking story. Yeah. So his his life, you know, his his life begins with this trauma, and like here, like you know, now in the 90s, like this long ago, has this unbelievable thing, and that's where Tears from Heaven comes about. It's because of Connor, right? So, but despite all that. Clapton remained friends with Harrison. Totally crazy. Which is so weird. And when Harry Define friendship. Like, they're going fishing? Like, hey, remember that time I stole your wife? Like, what? What? When Harrison died in 2001, because he had cancer, right? Um, They had a concert for him that was... It was... I think it was on HBO, and eventually it was like a DVD. It was called Concert Concert for George. Oh, yeah. And Eric Eric was the... Eric Clapton was the musical director for that, that tribute. Man, I hope they call you when there's a musical tribute after my death and not someone. I mean, not that I would behave like that ever, but. And you just you just thought this was going to be George and Eric and Patty. I mean, this Br- also Ringo's included, the added surprise. Yeah, this is Ringo. So, well, it's, it's because George ended up having an affair with Ringo's wife, too, and told them <laughs> at a dinner party that he was... Not to In be front confused, of his wife. Not to be confused with the dinner party where he got dosed. Yeah. Also, a couple a couple notes here. First of all, right. bravo. Oh, thanks. Uh, this was fantastic. Uh, way exceeded any expectation I could have possibly had. Second, Patty Boyd, at, at some point, probably after the relationship with uh, both of these gentlemen, decided to have a relationship with the plastic surgeon, which was not a good idea. Um, <laughs> third. <laughs> no, Pat, no, Patty Boyd was... she. Um, well, I see what you're saying. But no, Patty, she married a guy named Ron Weston. Yeah, but name. the plastic surgeon who she did not marry but oh. gave money to. Yeah. She should not have given him money. So, She's 75. She's almost my parents' age. Then. Did you ever see Patty Boyd when she was 19 years old? I Googled a picture earlier. Okay, keep going. So um, here's it is funny because when you put Patty Boyd into Google, it's like Patty Boyd. Eric Clapton, Patty Boyd, George Harrison, Patty Boyd Young. That's what it Young. says. Yes, because dudes, dudes help search work. So, uh, question. Um, let's talk about rock and roll muses. I mean, is, is she like top five rock and roll muse of all time? Um, e- easily, for sure. I mean, who, who else quickly? Because, I mean, we may get to these in other episodes, but who else is on that list quickly? Who... who exceeds Patty Boyd in the rock and roll muse category. I don't think there is another one because it's not only it's, it's not only those, the songs that we talked about, but, but also 
Ron Wood wrote two songs about her too. Oh my God, really? Yeah. <laughs> so, so so you've got Clapton, the yeah. Beatles, and the Stones. I mean, I, yeah. I don't know that there's someone. I mean, when I think of famous Ron, muses, Ron wrote "Mystifies Me" in '74 and "Breathe on Me" in '75 about about her, and then after the divorce. Harrison wrote So Sad in 74 that was about her. And then Clapton wrote a song called She's Waiting in 85. While they were still married, Patty was still married, but the lyrics are um, like that record is from Behind the Sun and like there were no singles on it all. But the lyrics are She's waiting for another love. Get ready now because pretty soon she'll be gone and you'll be on your own. Like that's a song he wrote about why he was still married to Patty Boyd. <laughs> and then, and then the. Um, the last, then Clapton wrote a song called "Old Love" that was 1989. That was he said was written about her. It was on Journeyman, and Harrison actually worked on that record too. But that was a song post divorce. So if you want to see something interesting, I'll that's put ten, that's that's that's, including a, that's everything an album. else. That's, that's an album. Yeah, including everything else we mentioned with the other Harrison songs. That's ten songs. Do you do you have the Spotify playlist songs about Patty Boyd? Like that's got to be a thing, right? Has someone done that? I, I don't know. Are we um, going to type it in and look you, at it right now? You should look. Uh, meanwhile, I will put this in the show notes. There, <laughs> Access TV uh, has created... I, I did not know this existed. They gave Ronnie Wood a show. Yeah. And last summer, he had Patty Boyd on the Ronnie Wood show. Like, they played music together. Wow. <laughs> that's That's crazy. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, we'll throw some stuff in the show notes. There's quite a few things uh, floating around on YouTube. No, none of them are going to be as good as this, but if you need some visuals uh, for your rundown. Um, and, I, yeah, I, like, back to this Muses thing real quickly. Like, the only other, like, name some famous rock and roll Muses. I mean, Nico, did she qualify? Yeah, I guess so. But, like, who else? Um, I remember Erin uh, Everly. She was married to Axl Rose for a little while, and that like she was in like multiple videos of theirs. Uh, and and I think that they had a, a terrible, you know, like, awful marriage. Or and there were like you know other men. I mean, she was beautiful, and so there was that. But I mean, offhand, I couldn't tell you another. How about anyway. Tony Kittain? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yes, I say right. that I say that only because I want a Tony Katane episode of this show. Yeah, it's it's only because you wanted to see what my face would look like <laughs> when I started thinking about her on top of the car and the thing and bachelor party with Tom Hanks. Well, and when I that's say the thing about her that's like oh, going to be a never is going to be a tiny footnote is the amazing movie with Tom Hanks. Well, and it's really funny because it, that bachelor party is like I was actually listening to a podcast where they were talking about Tom Hanks's career in light of this portrayal of Mister Rogers, right? Yeah, boy. And they're like pretty much the only thing you can get him on is uh, is bachelor party. <laughs> Otherwise, pretty pretty great trajectory without any like regrettable or things that don't hold up. But like bachelor party, great flick. But like it's it, not what you think of when you think of Tom Hanks. It's it's not a. I don't wouldn't say it's a great flick. <laughs> Yeah. I didn't want to offend you. I know you have an affinity for that movie. I, I do. I do love that movie. I, I learned a lot about lots of things <laughs> from that movie. <laughs> also, to point it worth worth pointing out, and all of these age body movies, you know, like there's a ton of them, but Big is clearly one of the most famous ones, right? Yeah. Talking about tanks. Sure. Is the inappropriateness of any romantic relationship that happens while a someone is out of their body like it's never going to be appropriate right and, and I, I everyone just kind of lets that slide I looked at something the other day and it was like 
movies you watched with kids and Big was one of them. And I thought about it before and I brought it up and my wife was like, no. And then the reason that it was brought up was like, oh, he's a little boy and then he's in a big boy's (laughs) body and he gets an apartment with a trampoline (laughs) with a girl and then they do adult stuff. And like, how do you explain that to a kid? Any of that? Because that's not stuff that kids are ready for. Oh, man. So uh, shout out uh, to Patty Boyd. Shout out to George Harrison. Shout out to Mo. Shout out to Ringo Starr. Shout out to Ronnie Wood. Yeah. Good Lord. Well done. That is a rock and roll bedtime story if you've ever heard one. Yeah, that's right. And by the way, uh, this was kind of a suggestion uh, in our email. So we are the story guys um, at gmail.com. You can clearly give us yeah, ideas. If you have one. anyone, if there's anything you're like, man, I think I heard one time there was this thing about this musician who did this. Like, we'll we'll look into it for you. Yeah. You don't have to do any of the work. Um, and, uh, and we'll see if, if it's worth talking about, um, on upcoming episodes, uh, I, I have got this third eye blind story that I'm dying to tell you, which I know jumps a few decades from our, from our first uh, handful of episodes, but I think that will happen. Um, and, uh, and then I'm making a list of things that people suggest. So please get on that list. Yeah. I I got, uh, someone sent me today. It says it's a headline. It says Motley crew manager personal trainer plus nutritionist working with quote some of the band what <laughs> not there, with mick mars because mick mars can't move now there, there's one person in that band that ate the craft services table <laughs> and like that's the joke <laughs> that's that's really it there's nothing to that all right remember I, until next time we need you to do one thing keep telling stories 